Welcome to the Cleansing Word Podcast of Calvary Chapel, Lake Villa. Join us as we go through the Bible as we encourage your walk with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about Calvary Chapel, Lake Villa, visit us at cclv.org. And please share and subscribe to this podcast. Now let's hear a message from God's Word. And uh, good evening, and welcome to Calvary Chapel Lake Villa. And welcome to all those listening out there on WLGS and uh, possibly watching on the live stream. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May a blessing be put upon you and all your families this evening. We will be in the first chapter of Galatians tonight. But let us pray first and read the word of God together. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. We all praise you, Lord, and see you as in control of all these small and little things going on in the world and in our lives today, Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice on the cross and paying the debt we could have never done ourselves. Through your forgiveness, we thankfully share the blessings you only deserve, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray to you to guide me and speak through me as we study the book of Galatians tonight. May your glory shine bright in the reading and studying of your word, Lord, and may all those hear it be blessed. Amen. All right, Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to be going through 1 through 9 tonight and uh, possibly 10 through 24 next Wednesday. Uh, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brethren who are with me. To the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say it again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you have received, he is to be accursed. Well, Dave already introduced me. My name is Mike Wilson. I am a believer in Christ from Sure Foundation Church in Grays Lake, Illinois. Sure Foundation is a Calvary Chapel affiliate 
and we consider ourselves to be somewhat of a sister church to Calvary Chapel Lake Villa. We share the same values and loves in Jesus Christ and have built unity between the two churches. The saints everywhere across the world are the church, and we have love for one another. My family and I met CCLV through their awesome annual family camp where we were welcomed with open arms and loved as their own. But is there a time where we don't welcome with open arms? How about when outside ideas are brought in from other churches? Is there a time to stand firm and be uncompromising? And the answer is yes. And that is when the gospel of Jesus Christ is altered. When the core values of the gospel are under attack, how do you respond? I'm not talking about little arguments. You can make a biblical case for things using matzah crackers versus oyster crackers for communion. That is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that we believers can never allow the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to be added to in any way. Our salvation is completely the result of faith and is in no way by the outcome of our actions or by working for God's favor. Ephesians 2, 8-9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. We come to the Lord in faith, and faith alone in Jesus Christ. It is a gift from God. The glorious grace of God. Unmerited favor. There is nothing under the sun here on earth and no actions on our part that we can do to become saved. It is the Son, S-O-N, through the Son, Jesus Christ, that we are saved. So when churches or people on the internet or Christian denominations say we need something more than just faith in Jesus Christ, we need to take a stand. This is where we're not going to bend like a reed. This is where it is fully acceptable to be uncompromising. Like Paul, this is where we love Christ and love our neighbors so much that we are willing to take a stand. Tonight we will be diving into the book of Galatians. But before then, is anyone old enough to remember the old Juicy Fruit commercials? Well, if you don't, it was really good advertising for a very disappointing product. The slogan was, the taste is going to move you. And the commercial had really good-looking people having a great time doing active sports like water and snow skiing. It was uplifting and made you think that you'd have this flavor explosion in your mouth. It had a catchy, uplifting message and a jingle that stuck in your head, and it really made people want to go out and buy it. They made you believe it was the answer to what you are seeking and change your life and give you endless happiness in your mouth. 
But was it too good to be true? And the answer is yes. So the whole point of the super awesome marketing was to get you to buy their product. After you bought it, they could care less. So now that you had it and you popped it in your mouth, the flavor was good at first. But it literally lasted for a minute. And then it was done. And it was like chewing rubber. It leaves you empty and unfulfilled. The flavor formula, and this is true, the flavor formula of juicy fruit eventually got discontinued and a new formula was reused and reused the name. And the cycle continues. This is what false teachers and false movements have done and will continue to do in this world. Satan is crafty and will market his product very, very well. He will try very hard to get you to bite or chew on his product. He will make his heresy look good and even use the name of Jesus to get his foot in the front door of your mind and your heart. For it is said in 1 Peter 5.8, The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. One of the first heresies against the gospel of Jesus Christ was written about in a letter by the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians around A.D. 49. That's just 49 years after Christ died on the cross. It sure didn't take long before Satan used Jesus' name and helped prideful man devise a plan to try and get some credit in their own salvation. If you look at your porch light in the darkness... It will attract bugs. The light of the Galatians was shining bright after Paul brought the true gospel to them. The bugs they attracted were a group of Jewish legalists called the Judaizers. Galatia was not a city, it was a region. The region of Galatia was like us saying the Midwest region. Galatia was north of Israel, and it comprised of several churches in the area known as modern-day Turkey. The Judaizers were false teachers that really thought the only way to be saved was Jesus Christ plus being Jewish. They taught that it was not enough just to have faith in Christ in order to have a right relationship with God. The Judaizers taught that salvation was faith in Jesus plus strict adherence to the Mosaic Law. They were saying the only way to be saved was to believe in Jesus, become a Jew, and follow Jewish Jewish law to do outward actions like circumcision. Paul was once a Pharisee and extensively educated in Jewish law. If there was anyone who truly realizes just how badly this path will end, it was Paul. So I can only imagine Paul as he catches word of this. Oy vey. Paul knows it's go time. Paul gears up, gears himself with the truth of of the gospel, places the breastplate of righteousness over his heart, laced up his feet with the gospel of peace, grabs his shield of faith to put out any flaming arrows from the devil, straps on the helmet of salvation protecting his mind, and grabs his sword of the Spirit and prays. Paul is now ready to do battle using words 
and to stand firm against the schemes of the devil and set the Galatians straight, to let them know that they don't have to go backwards and be in chains with the law, that Christ and Christ alone already set them free. With the 4th of July still kind of fresh in our minds, our society and world without a doubt values freedom. The book of Galatians is all about freedom, how faith in Jesus Christ is all we need to have a relationship with God the Father and freedom from the bondage of sin. If there was one verse in Galatians to describe the whole book, it would probably be chapter 5, verse 1, where the Apostle Paul says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Or in other words, man needed freedom from sin. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a message of freedom that leads to a free life and that we are to stand firm in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then, do not let yourselves be burdened or bothered by the slavery or sin because Christ can grant us forgiveness. The book of Galatians explains just how we continue living an abundant life in Christ without falling too far to the right into strict legalism, like the Judaizers, or too far far to the left into a life that says we are allowed to do whatever we please under the cross because we can be forgiven. Quick summary of Galatians, chapter 1. Paul says the gospel message is central to our faith and cannot be altered. Chapter 2, the gospel is a message of freedom. Chapter 3 describes the relationship between law and faith. Chapter 4, how man can become children of God and partake in the promises of God. Chapter 5, freedom, but what do we do with our freedom? We are to use our freedom to love others and walk in the Holy Spirit. And finally, chapter 6, we are free to live an abundant life, but we are not free to live an abundantly careless, reckless life under the cross. All right, we will be starting from verse 1 in chapter 1 tonight, uh, reading and studying it from left to right, verse by verse. Uh, Lord willing, I will also be here next Wednesday to go even further. Um, All right, let's go. On our first section of uh, the scripture is Paul's uh, introduction. Paul, an apostle not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, so that he might rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. All right, let's start out with the author and preacher of Galatians here, Paul an Apostle. So I heard an acronym from a man named Dr. Gershner, and that went like this. The P in Paul stands for polluted. Uh, I also say public enemy number one. Paul knew he was the worst of the worst, 
Prior to his meeting with the resurrected Christ and being saved, he was on the war path persecuting and killing Christians. The A in Paul stands for apostle. An apostle is someone whom is sent directly from Christ, whom is commissioned by Christ to speak on Christ's behalf. That is different from a disciple in the way that a disciple is a student or learner or follower of Christ. And as Paul says here in verse 1, not sent from men nor the, through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Paul was anointed by the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ himself. Uh, three times Paul's testimony is accounted for in the book of Acts, confirming his anointment as an apostle directly, in person by the Lord. You can read all about it in uh, Acts chapter 9, 22, and 26. God the Father gave Jesus Christ all the authority in heaven. Jesus gave Paul authority to speak in his name as his apostle. So if you reject Paul's teachings, you reject Jesus' teachings, and therefore you reject God the Father. In this time and region, Paul's authority as an apostle was being challenged as if he was self-appointed or appointed by man. He makes sure right away in this letter that it is known that Christ appointed him as an apostle. So the U in Paul stands for uncompromising, and the L stands for loving. He loved Christ and was a loving pastor of his flock. Now in this day and age, the word love and uncompromising don't seem to mix. Life in this world has become do whatever makes you happy, and parenting has become give them whatever they want. Well, as a father of seven, I can tell you I am not truly a loving father if I give in to their every desire. I know where these happy desires may lead them, and I am uncompromising when it comes to certain things. I love my kids way too much to allow them to go off the straight path. I may look like the bad guy now, but later on in life they will recognize this as love. We will see just later uh, how Paul loves his flock way too much to allow them to be misled down the wrong path. And Paul gets serious. He doesn't care if he's politically correct or the most popular guy around. Paul is uncompromising because there is no other message. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only message. So verse 2, And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Well, Paul was not just some rogue lone ranger missionary. No, Paul was with other believers. Yet it was not known exactly whom. Paul wanted to let the Galatians know that he was not the only one whom disagreed with the Judaizers' heresy they called the gospel. To the churches of Galatia, the area of Galatia, as we have said, is, the modern, is modern day Turkey, 
We know of uh, at least four churches Paul planted in the cities, Pisidia, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. These people were not Jews. They were Gentiles. And this letter most likely circulated throughout all the churches in this area. These Judaizers were affecting many in this region. Paul follows up with a greeting in verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a common greeting or blessing Paul uses in all his letters. It is a greeting to people whom also enjoy peace with God, a right relationship with God, and enjoying having access to the Father. Verse 4, who gave himself up, who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. So Paul describes uh, Jesus' victory in the cross, the work of Jesus Christ sacrificing himself, and then God the Father raising up Jesus so that he might rescue us from this present age. So often we think about the future and the eternal life we will enjoy from Christ saving us from sin and death. We forget that he also saved us from this present age. We are free in the name of Christ from this world and Satan's rule, but only in his name. And Paul ends his introduction with praise in verse 5, To whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is not just some catchphrase. All believers of all ages are to give praise and, should I say, recognize the importance of what Jesus has done for us. At no time shall we stop giving glory to God. Now, before we get into the next section where Paul comes down pretty hard on the Galatians, I just want to say I sympathize with the Galatians. Here, you got a newish group of believers who became confused with their identity in Christ by outside influences of another group that was telling them they needed more than just faith in Christ. After coming to know the faith, their numbers were most likely minimal. They didn't fit in with the Jews, and they didn't fit in with the non-believing Gentiles anymore. After experiencing being saved by Christ, they probably had zero intentions of going back to their old pagan ways. The Judaizers looked really good, like the people in the Juicy Fruit commercial. They used Jesus' name and advertised a product or formula, the law, that was thought to be the way for many years. It may be appealing at first, but it will only lead them down the wrong path. I am also going to sympathize with Paul. These Judaizers seem to be prowling around this area like a roaring lion, following him and waiting till he left each city to devour and corrupt each of these churches. Also, on a personal note, having known many pastors and how much work is involved to preach and teach and seeing the great change in people as they come to know Christ, I'd be tearing my hair out knowing that they'd turn to something else. Paul skips any compliments or praises for the Galatians like he does in other letters 
to other communities and says with power uh, in Galatians 1, 6 through 9. He starts out, he says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I am again so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. So Paul starts out with saying in verse 6, I am amazed or I am astonished that you so quickly are deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ. Have you ever had that moment as a kid where you know you just did something not using good judgment and your parent sees you doing it and they say, what are you doing? I got that often as a kid. And I got that from a couple of bosses, too, in uh, the employment field. And nowadays, when I say it to my children, they will freeze. They will shut their mouths, their ears will perk up, and know that a lecture is coming. Paul is not just saying, hey, I'm a little concerned about this. He is saying, this is absolutely beyond all comprehension. What are you doing? I was just there, and all of you came to know Christ, and you turned so quickly. You are betraying Christ. And for what? A different gospel, which is really not another gospel? Because there is only one gospel, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Uh, also in verse 7, he says, Only there are some of you who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. The book of Acts talks of a case in Antioch where the same thing was happening. Acts 15.1, some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brethren, unless you are circumcised, according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And Acts 15.24, since we have heard that some of our number to whom we gave no instruction have disturbed you with their words, unsettling your souls. The Judaizers were false teachers, and Jesus would call them wolves in sheep's clothing, those that teach wrong things and lead people astray. 2 Peter 2.1 says, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there were also just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce Destructive heresies, even denying the Master, capital M, denying the Master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. In history and now, the church's most problematic and destructive people are not those persecuting from the outside. 
It is the people on the inside doing this. They introduce destructive heresies or change the gospel and split off, taking vulnerable, immature believers with them. These teachers, these teachers would say something along the lines of, faith in Christ is a good start, but we need to complete your salvation by doing these things. A list of outward requirements. Man can check off their bucket list to earn eternal life by their own hand and pridefully take some credit in the process. Man wants to tell other men, hey, look at me, look how great I am, and look at the things I've accomplished. I'm going to heaven. Oh, and Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. So Satan will feed our fleshly desire and will tap into man's hardwired prideful nature and make his heresy look real juicy by giving man an option to take some credit in their salvation. It's pretty evident that the devil will try in all ways to ruin man. In this case and many others to this date, the devil will continually change his angles and his assaults. Instead of the ways man can visibly see with outside persecution, the devil will be crafty and show up as something that seems really good using the name of Jesus and reinventing his heresy as a fake and new and improved version. So he keeps the gospel and makes a minor adjustment, which, as Paul says, is not another gospel. Because there is only one. John 14:6, Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus dealt with false teachers and said in Matthew 16:11, But beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. These two groups were also Jew- Jewish legalists. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, 6, Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? And later on in chapter 5 and verse 9 of Galatians, when referring to the message these false teachers were spreading, Paul says, A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. So what's leaven? It is yeast and dough to make bread rise. And what Paul and Jesus were trying to say is you only need a little bit of yeast to make bread rise. And although yeast is not poisonous, Paul and Jesus are saying it only takes a small amount of poison, if toxic enough, to affect the whole congregation. Another common household quote is, just one apple spoils the whole barrel. Satan is the great deceiver, and he is using this group of false teachers as puppets. Have you ever heard the saying, bad company corrupts good morals? Well, Paul is quoted saying just that in 1 Corinthians 15.33. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. If Paul took time to write a letter to the Galatians, he had to have known some of them were truly believers. Paul's message here is a warning to all churches that a couple of bad apples can destroy or poison the entire congregation. Whatever church you go to, or whatever community or 
people you fellowship with, as a believer, you need to be willing to stand up, as Paul says, stand firm in the gospel of Jesus Christ and reject any bad apple or rebuke any poisonous teachings. To be like Paul, uncompromising when it comes to salvation by faith alone. But how uncompromising is Paul's idea of uncompromising? Verse 8, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. First off, notice he says, we. Paul realizes and tells us any man, including himself, and possibly teachers like Titus and Barnabas, or your own pastor at your own home church, all men are susceptible to being deceived by the devil and can lead you astray by adding something to faith alone in Jesus Christ. The lady that led me to Christ, Miss Jana Wacker, once told me to be like the Bereans, Michael. I was a vulnerable new believer, just like the Galatians, and looked up to her and her knowledge and asked her, my teacher, who are these Bereans? Just like Paul is trying to tell the Galatians, she said to me, don't take my word for it, look it up like the Bereans. So I was like, okay then. And that's what we're going to do right now. Acts 17.11, now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness, and examine the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. They were a group of Jews from northern Greece and Berea, not far from Thessalonica. They were known for examining every word someone says, including Paul. And as a result, Acts 17.12 says, Therefore many of them believed along with a number of prominent Greek women and many men. And it goes on to say in uh, Acts 17.13, But when the Jews of Thessalonica found out the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul in Berea, they came there as well, agitating and stirring up the crowds. So it seems Paul got harassed and blasted by the Jews in many cities. So now we're back to Galatians. Uh, also, let's see, verse 8. Paul is so serious, he goes as far to say that not only man, but even if you have a supernatural being like an angel come to you and preach something different than the gospel of Jesus Christ, they will be accursed. So accursed. He is saying that those that give a counterfeit gospel will be eternally condemned. Paul is telling the Galatians they better wise up and pay no attention to the outward qualifications of the Judaizers and anyone else that comes preaching to them. Paul is also saying don't only check man with, uh, with the word of God, but check angels, supernatural beings. Why? Because Satan is an angel. He's a fallen angel. 2 Corinthians 11.14 no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. 
And goes on to say in verse 15, Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. Paul wants them to examine their message with the word of God. And then, being as important as this is, Paul repeats himself again in verse 9, As we have said before, so I say it again now. If any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. Paul and others have told the Galatians before this letter. And by saying, if any man is, that's present tense, it seems the false teachers are there now as he's writing this letter. Paul had previously laid a solid foundation, and at one time they embraced the true gospel of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. There is only one foundation and there are no others to choose from. Faith alone in Jesus Christ and nothing can be added. Paul loves Jesus and his flock so much he is willing to get in their face and lay it down thick for them. So, what did we learn tonight? When it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are to be like Paul, uncompromising. How are we to be, how are we to respond? To stand firm when the gospel is being presented in a different way. False teachers are everywhere. All men can be deceived by the great deceiver. Be like the Bereans. For they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things and whether those things were so. Examine everything you hear from man or even a supernatural being with the word of God. But most importantly, we should we should have learned that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only gospel. It is the only message that transforms and saves. The gospel of Jesus Christ is all about how man was saved and got full access to God the Father through Jesus' payment on the cross. All men of all ages have a sin problem. The Mosaic Law in the Old Testament showed man that God is holy and perfect. It showed man... We could not solve our sin problem no matter how hard we tried. And even in our greatest effort, we cannot uphold the law. And that is why we need a Savior. Anyone and everyone has a debt they could never repay by works. God loves us so much that he sent his one and only Son, and that is Jesus. He is the Savior and was the one who lived perfectly under the law. God the Father accepted the perfect work of His Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in Him, we are cleansed white as snow. We receive all the blessings only Jesus deserved. 
and have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The gospel of Jesus Christ was not a new plan of salvation. It was the completion of God's plan of salvation. Jesus said, it is finished. And as he died on the cross and he was resurrected by the Father, Jesus says in Revelation 1.18, I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and of Hades. He went down to hell and took the keys that led to death and penalty of sin from the devil. And through Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven and have freedom from the bondage of sin. It is comforting to know that God is in control, that he loves us. He has a plan and always had a plan for us to be saved. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, holy, holy, holy is your name. May your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your life and death on the cross. May the glory be to you and you alone. May us servants be sanctified more and more every day through listening to the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your pastor Paul and the book of Galatians and thank you for his willingness to stand firm and be uncompromising when it was necessary. Lord, we ask you to give us the strength to stand firm in the one and only good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Well, next week, um, I think I will be here. Uh, And maybe we'll go 10 through 24 in Galatians 1. Um, Before you leave, uh, I will give the benediction, and then you can take off. Uh, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace. 